Let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, you would fulfill all your wishes. You would have every kind of pleasure. And after several nights, you would say, well, that was pretty great. But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. Well, something is going to happen to me that I don't know what it's going to be. Then you would get more and more adventurous, and you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. Finally, you would dream where you are now. Here we are on a Friday evening. It is the 12th day of August, 2022, around 6.55 p.m. on the nose. And there could be any number of places you can be right now, any number of people you can be listening to right now, but you chose me, and I'm very happy that you did. Because, you know, there's a number of possibilities of places I could be right now, too. But every night, I choose to be here, and uh, I'm glad that you joined me. We had a really great week. I didn't expect anything less, but I always, uh, I always underestimate things because I, I don't, uh, I want to feel the thrill of getting more than I bargained for, and this was definitely uh, one of those weeks. Um, and now uh, we're ready to cast off into the weekend, and God knows what we're going to be talking about on Monday. Sheesh, Nor Bin Laden will be on with us on Monday, I believe, if all goes well. And um, we can, we can, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, anything we talk about tonight, I'm sure, is going to go to another place on Monday, especially now that we have, we have escalated with the whole Trump raid thing to nuclear codes. That's what they were looking for, but we'll talk about that in a second. I want to welcome everybody here. I have Nick Hinton is going to be on with us, and Nick Hinton is an author and a researcher, a philosopher of sorts, a an artist, and he loves talking about. He's published two books on interdimensional realities of of our of our existence and synchronicity and space and all that stuff. So tonight we're going to be talking about interdimensional activities. More. Uh, specifically, we're going to be talking about what Nick calls the Aquarian Singularity. That is the title of his latest book, and we'll talk about him, that. Well, we, we only have him for about a half hour between 7.30 and 8 o'clock, so it'll be a nice, little, uh, a nice little something to drop into a Friday. This is what we like doing here. And also, much to everybody's delight, I'm sure, we have uh, Matt is hanging out with us. What's going on, Matt? Hello, Francis. How are you? I'm good. Are you happy that uh, that uh, justice might finally be done against Donald Trump for stealing? Yeah, you know, they eventually have to find something that he did wrong. They better put him away this time for good, right? Right? Well, I, I mean, I don't even... 
you know, you want a joke like that? <laughs> well, they're lying, uh, and it's getting it's getting funnier and funnier. Yeah, man. Hey, at least over here in Porchester, there's someone protesting. Yeah, we got one solitary protester outside of the FBI building uh, yeah. by us. Yes, we have an FBI office right in town. I gave him a honk. I was like, dun, 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 dun. I thought it was your Uncle Rob, bro. I'm like, nah. this dude's pissed off walking back and this forth. This one guy was pissed off. He was walking back and forth. We got the uh, got the, 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 the picture that came in. One man outside of the FBI office in town, and the, the sign read, the FBI is corrupt. If I wasn't working, I would have showed up with a Trump flag with that dude. I would have told Nick to come. He would have loved that. Nick would have went, yeah. Yeah, Nick, Nick would have been there. <laughs> Screaming at cars going by. Nick said that he was going to swing by. Uh, <coughs> he was going to swing by for one of these Saturday night shows that I do. <coughs> People are going to love Nick. He's been dying to for a year. People are going to love Nick. They're going to love him. They are. <laughs> People are going to love Nick. That's a. Uh, I don't know how to describe him. He's. He's a great guy. He's good to have on your. He's one of those guys where. If shit goes down, you want him on your side, because he goes from zero to a hundred quicker than me. Well, he's very—he's very—he's uh, just an authentic guy. Yeah. Like he just—he just, he just he is who he, he pour, is. He pours himself out onto the <laughs> table in front of you, and he just—he just presents himself to everybody. So that'll be—I uh, I can't wait. I think I might bring him on. I told him that I was going to go live next weekend, the the twentieth. And um, I have a I have a guest that's going to be stopping in on the phone too for a little while there, and maybe he uh, maybe he comes and hangs out. I'll I'll put we'll have a whole bunch of new hookah stuff here too. I haven't had a hookah in months, so I'm really really I want to I want to chill out and puff on a beautiful beautifully packed hookah. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I want to thank my sponsor tonight. That is Blue Monster Prep. You should all be going to BlueMonsterPrep.com uh, at least a couple times a month just to see what ha do I need a little bit more of food, a little bit more of the first aid. What are, you can never have enough because you're not just planning for the people in your in your household. Then you slowly just put more aside for unforeseen things and unforeseen people who come knocking on your door that you can't let go without something. A cousin, somebody that thought you were nuts before whatever went down goes down. BlueMonsterPrep.com. If you don't know where to start, if you don't know how to spend a limited budget, contact Pat and Gina, and they will they will help you out. They are great, great people, and I have never gotten anything but glowing, glowing reviews about all of the services that they provide for members of this audience. Okay, um, that's all we have for that. Nick Hinton on tonight, Noor Bin Laden, George Alexopoulos, short show on... I have, I have to work out... We have short shows on Monday and... And uh, Wednesday next week because we have to have band practice because we have a gig on Thursday. And then Friday next week, this time next week, Ping Trip comes back on, Matt. From Texas, Ping Trip. For, he does all the mashups of uh, the Joe Rogan. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's So great. Ping will be back on. And then the last week uh, that I'm here before we go to vacation, Rich Barris, Leo Zagami, Jason Burmis, then Jay Gulanello, and hopefully Rob. Maybe he's Rob. Rob is just trying to get acclimated to a new personal work schedule of his. So uh, the last last couple of Thursdays, he's just been wiped out. Um, so would he get a new job or just 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 a new schedule? You know, he's just doing just there's things that he's adjusting and and whatever, and it takes a little time. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I told Rob, listen, whenever you feel, whenever you feel ready or whatever, or able Thursdays, you just, you let me know. And until then I'll just, uh, I'll keep, uh, doing my thing, improvise him. But that's what we have a lot more, a lot more. Oh wait, I should announce this then a couple more bookings I made today. Now, you know that next week, next, uh, month, September 10th for the Saturday night special, then Andrew Basiago is going to be on. Matt, you should probably be around for that one. The uh, time priest. traveler. Oh, the time. Oh, from MK Ultra. From he was at the Gettysburg Address. Project Pegasus. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, they sent him to like all boring stuff. They didn't send him to fucking you know Yorktown. I think he was in the the Project Mars. I think he was in Project Mars as well. Uh, um. So I don't know. Um. There's that. But I also have Brooks Agnew. Wants to come on? That's great. We're gonna. They, he he talks about history and science and space and perhaps some hollow Earth. That night, that'll be September fifteenth. Uh, on September twentieth, amazing Polly. But on September twenty first, I have gotten this is confirmation today. So I'm just praying that it all stays in place. But G. Edward Griffin is coming on. Creature from Jekyll Island, ladies and gentlemen. The Quigley Formula, secret societies. We get to talk to an OG, a big one. Big OG, G. Edward Griffin. So there was a lot of perspective dates that were out there. This is the first one that we have confirmed, and let's hope it it stays that way. All right. Into the grab bag we go, Matt. First one up, I thought I just thought that this was funny. This is from Sputnik, and I have to hold on a second. Where the hell is my... Oh, there you go. Uh, this is from Sputnik. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, it says, too cold, and they don't speak English. That's what Afghan refugees are saying as they refuse homes in Scotland and Wales. <laughs> well, what language do they speak? There? I don't, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I mean, the accent's too strong for it's, them. It's funny. It's, it's either funny because they are saying, no, no, I can't understand their accents. It's not clean enough English. Or it's funny that they're getting to places where there's already too many refugees and nobody speaks English because they're just speaking whatever the hell they speak when they're back home. Refugees minister, Lord Richard Harrington, what a terrible thing to be minister of, wrote a local authority wrote to local authorities in late June to say the government was looking for another 2,000 homes, including 504 bedroom properties for 10,500 asylum claimants. Oh. What a travesty. Is that what the people want over there? Or of course just not. This fucking of, guy? of course not. This is just part of the plan. They 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 they're they're part of the reason that the climate the uh the migrant crisis was triggered and then it's redistribution and as the local populations are not having any children, they'll have 50 a woman. It, it's just the way it is. I'm sorry. It sounds very um but that it's it's not this is not good not good so they're complaining about that and um, away it goes all right next one up this is from the western journal u.s agriculture uh, takes devastating blow mysterious fire now destroys grain that would have fed americans this continues to happen by the way and i'm trying to get a little bit more of a handle on um who is still tallying this stuff up 
An old mill belonging to Graincraft in Pendleton, Oregon, was destroyed Wednesday morning due to a fire that broke out at the facility. Graincraft is the third largest flour miller in the country and it employs 22 people, according to the East Oregonian. Just before 3 p.m. on Tuesday, authorities received reports that black smoke was emanating from Pendleton flour mills. The report indicated that while smoke emerged from the area, there was no visible flames originating from the site. Pendleton City Police Chief Chuck Byram said in uh, a Wednesday news release from, from the city. So this continues. It's a, it's a very startling pattern. Now, I know fires happen, and I don't know any one structure is just as as compromisable as the next but this is um this is just a very weird thing that actually started in earnest in 2021 that's on top of the fact that there have been major cullings of of cattle and tens of millions of of, uh, chicken bird all that type of stuff here in the united states and elsewhere on top of that is the the un climate nonsense the eu climate nonsense that as we read last night is forcing some countries like the Netherlands to close down one in five of their farms and everybody else has to cut production down immensely. So you're putting people out of work, you're destroying family businesses, obviously all those farms that are going to go belly up will be claimed by the state, and then you're you're worsening a crisis that has been so far completely self-inflicted, and that is food and supply. Very, very odd. Here's something that'll turn your stomach. Anthony Fauci, he has, uh, he's telling everybody that the urge people feel to go to medical school and go into science is called the Fauci effect. Because he symbolizes integrity and truth, I promise you this is real. I cannot believe it was real. I usually skip over anything that, he, that, this, that comes out of this rat-faced fuck. But you, you have to listen to this. You have to listen to this. It's called the Fauci effect which is sort of like you know as trust me i'm i i don't get excited about that yeah i don't get excited about that as he has the shit-eating grin on his face from ear to ear (laughs) i mean it's nice but i mean it's it's people go to medical school now people are interested in science not because of me, because people, most people don't know me, Listen, who I am. Yeah. My friends know me, my wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize <laughs> in, a, in a... He's not Bruce Wayne, he's Batman. An era of the normalization of untruths and lies and, and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on people the craving for consistency for integrity uh. for truth and for people caring about people oh man you 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 How many devil gay you. men died in the 80s cuz this guy was suppressing uh, medication that worked and, and pushing medication that killed people on the spot almost on the spot this 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 little midget demon this little midget demon midget bitch uh Okay, on to more things we have over here, just as a little bit of a warm-up. Uh, it's more so with the, with the Merrick Garland, Donald Trump raid now. Now, Merrick Garland, the little pipsqueak, he's another pipsqueak. Well, the, the warrant was released 
And something very interesting had been found in attachment B as far as property to be seized. What was the property to be seized? Now, Merrick Garland went on television, as you all know, and he was talking about how it was uh, something he approved, and it was a very, very narrow investigation. People today are talking about nuclear codes and all that shit, that, which is just hilarious. But here we go into attachment B of the actual warrant, and what does it say? It says what they're looking for is any government and or presidential records created between January 20th, 2017 and January 20th, 2021. Jeez. They are they have they took every everything from the time he was inaugurated to the day that he finally left office in 2021. They took every record whatsoever. So you're telling me that this is not something that they were just going... It, 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 obviously, it's a lie. It's a, obviously a lie. And as Stalin would say, you show me the man and I'll find you the crime. And that's exactly what this is. And, uh, and it completely matches the MO of uh, federal law enforcement. Okay, here is another thing that people were kicking around. I actually got this from the Zells. I got this from the Zells. They said, hey, Frank, supposedly one of the documents confiscated by the FBI was information on President Macron. Who had information on Macron? Julian Assange. So some people are squirreling ideas around about this. This was back in February of 2017. Assange says he has dirt on French candidate Emmanuel Macron as rumors of homosexual affairs swirl around. Uh, never would have thought. Yeah, especially with a wife that looks like E.T., um, but a WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange has claimed he has damaging information on the leading candidate in France's presidential elections as frontrunner Emmanuel Macron tie, uh, tries to dispel rumors he had a homosexual affair. Yeah, to hell, to hell with the fact that he's a he's a Goldman Sachs water water boy. But <laughs> maybe that's maybe he was served at the Christmas party. Who knows? All right. Well, there's another one after out after that. I was also told, that's what the Zell said also, Frank, remember the nine gigabytes of information about Macron that was leaked in 2017 and France and anyone who posted anything from it, they said, would go to jail. I was reminded of that too because 2017 is the lifetime ago. This is from Free Thought Project. France threatens the jail journalists who publish Rothschild banker candidate emails. That's May 6th of 2017. After nine gigabytes of Macron-linked documents and emails were released on an anonymous pastebin website on Friday uh, in what Macron's campaign said was a massive and coordinated hacking attack, uh, fear France, fearing a similar response to what happened with Hillary Clinton after 35,000 John Podesta emails were released one month before the U.S. presidential election, cracked down on distribution of the files, warning on Saturday it would be a criminal offense to republish the data, and warning the French media not to publish content from any of the hacked emails to prevent outcome of the vote being influenced. Now, that's even more interesting when you think back on that. Because if these emails had anything, had anything, they don't have freedom of press, obviously, out there. But if they had anything in there worthy of the public knowing, especially since anybody that goes on the campaign trail is never going to show you their faults or any of their more, uh, I don't know, darker connections to one thing or another, then, I mean, that would be an influence on the vote that would actually be, with, I don't know, wouldn't you say good, a good thing? But they don't want that. 
They don't want that. If you have not seen through the lies by election day, then I guess you just have to go through with what you're going to do prior to. Now, um, maybe that has something to do with it. Something like that. I don't think Emmanuel Macron is the reason why the DOJ is going into Mar-a-Lago and, and, you know, turning over every, every desk, ripping back every floorboard, whatever the hell they're doing, sniffing all Melania's panties. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Donald Trump was planning scorched earth in 2024, right after he plans on, on, on uh, running. When, when he once tells everybody he is running, maybe he was going scorched earth in 2024. Because what did Cash Patel say about the percentage of Russiagate material alone that had been declassified and never released? I think he said that only like 40% of all of the stuff that they had found on Russiagate, that, uh, which was all declassified, only 40% was released. That, that's a massive amount. We, we And we think that we already know so much about what had already happened. I can't even imagine. So who knows what kind of bombs he wanted to drop uh, over the next year and a half. Maybe they feared Trump was just going to dump a lot of information in the next year and a half. I guess that's obvious. But, uh, of course, here we are, the little people, wondering what. Now, as far as the the, the, the real little people, and that are the people who... who uh, who are on the other side and believe all this nonsense. I want to show you something. Nancy Lee Gran, uh, I, she was an actress on television or something. She had something really awful to say, but they, they don't have anything good to say ever. And what she had said a couple of days ago was this. Matt, get a load of this. This evil little twat said this. She said, Dear FBI, I know you don't need advice from a soap star, but having been in 10 or 10,000 implausible storylines in my 37 years, may I recommend digging up Ivana? Digging up Ivana Trump's yeah, body. I've heard these sick fucks saying this. Digging up Ivana, clearly it didn't take 10 pallbearers to carry a liposuctioned 73-year-old who methinks was in her weight was in her weight in classified documents. Me thinks. Now, she might have been just snarky. She might have been... I don't know what the hell she thought what she was doing. But some people out there, like this Aunt Krabby Calls bullshit, many people like this were saying this. May I say, this is a brilliant tweet. There is something wrong with this whole situation. Why would Trump bury his first wife on the first hole of a golf course that he owns? Other than tax implications, this whole thing stinks. Yes, blue and I... Here you go. They make fun of us. Blue Anon strikes again, though. The nuclear codes are in the coffin, Merrick. The nuclear codes are in the coffin, Merrick. And they think we're nuts. They really, really want to piss this guy off. But I'll tell you what's going to happen in like another 35, 40 years. They're going to have to deal with a fucking giant. Baron is going to be 48 feet tall by then. And that's going to be very hard to beat him. He'll be able to destroy them just by thinking about it. They won't even be able to bring in the tanks to take him down. The tanks would bounce off him like, like BBs. He's going to be Dr. Manhattan. They really don't know what they're doing. Because the, all of this is just, this is just angering Baron. And I, I saw other people also suggesting, too, just to, to wrap this up, that if Trump actually had military secrets at Mar-a-Lago, uh, they wouldn't have sent in the FBI. It would have been military police. 
and and of course you just look at the 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 warrant and you know exactly what this is you know exactly what this is it's going to serve a number of purposes i know where all the documents are bro baron has them on his person well he gave you a few because ain't no one getting them fucking documents off Baron. they gave you uh, a few uh didn't trump give you a few boxes of, of documents at the rally i i would have if he did i would have done whatever he needed me to do with him okay all right, well, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Just getting started. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! So, so we have a few minutes. We have about 11 minutes before we bring on Nick Hinton. And as I said before, Nick is a pretty popular guy on the internet. Got a popular account on Twitter, on Instagram, and he writes books. And uh, he's always threading. You know, I found Nick a couple of years ago <clears throat> when he threaded a really nice, a nice piece on Twitter about the Solar Warden Project. It's a it's a project that was, I think, tied to some, is it, was it MJ-12 declassifications? I don't know. Or we might have, we might have uh, talked about the one guy that hacked, I gotta talk to him about Solar Warden one night. Apparently, a secret fleet that we have in space that has been doing a part of many secret space programs that people uh, have reported on and written thoroughly over the years, but that's how I found Nick. So uh, he goes into that and much more. Tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about reality and the coming, uh, you know, the coming of a new age, the age of Aquarius. Everybody talks about, but it's more so. I'm, cons- I am, a little bit more interested in somebody explaining to me what that ascension into the fifth dimension is going to be all about, and what dimension are we in right now? The fourth. When did we get there? Those are things that I just want to uh, brush up on and have a, have a good time with. And uh, and Matt will be along for it, right, Matt? Indeed. Are you? I hope you may have some questions to ask. Are you you ready to do some Babylon B? Sure. Oh wait, before we do that, Matt's notes on how to escape and survive shark attack and also encounters with Loch Ness. Those have been raffled all throughout the week. I have decided we are going to announce the raffle on Monday, so everyone at least has. 
all throughout tonight, a full week to to get it in there. So on Monday, I will I will uh, have the names pulled out of this brand. Somebody got me a raffle barrel where you just you know you pull it and you you take the thing out of the middle. Pretty good. I don't know who got it for me. But they're very kind. So we have a little tiny one of those. And so you have tonight and I guess over the weekend if you wanted to put a name into the hat. But remember, you can put in five Super Chats to interact with the, the show. And that's all fine and dandy. And I would appreciate every last contribution. But only one will be counted in the raffle. All right. Here we go. Let's go into Babylon B. Let's see what the headlines for today are. Matt, no peeking, okay? No peeking. All right, let's go. Hold on. Screen capture, and let me put Matt on top of this feed right here. All right, here we go. First headline from the week. Theologians confirm chips and salsa were blessed in eternity, past, and may be eaten before prayer. Yes, chips and salsa. That's the way it is. Eternity past. Next one, the FBI raid on Melania's closet was justified, <laughs> said Merrick Garland, wearing gorgeous new evening gown and a sun hat. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, they probably actually cropped that right off of a Melania picture. He looks stunning, doesn't he? That yeah, he does. Pip squeak. He looks sparkling. Pip squeak with the cotton mouth. Stephen King estate reveals he died years ago and his Twitter account is being run by a mentally ill, glue-sniffing parrot with Tourette's. It's true. Why, he's crazy? Oh, dude. He is so pathetic. It's sad. It's sad. I have enjoyed so many of his books. And, um, really, a lot to be said. A lot to be said positive. A lot of sick things about him, too. And then, you know, as you grow older and you start... You start assessing the world and seeing patterns and 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 uh, themes that that play out and where they show up and how they're handled and then you start saying oh okay well I would have read that one different but still yeah he's nuts if you haven't seen his Twitter don't do it to yourself here we go to restore trust with Americans FBI names new director Burt Macklin <laughs> at the Parks and Parks and Rec. Uh, Burt Macklin. FBI raids Nicholas Cage's home after a tip that he has the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. I still think everybody should watch National Treasure. That first one is so great. Mm -hmm. Headline, hilarious, fun-loving dad who knows everything turns into lame, boring moron the moment the boy turns 14. That's sad. I don't want to be a lame, boring moron. I just don't want... I don't want to be that. You think Aurora's going to think that of me? No. You're just saying that to make me feel better. No, she's not. Gamers <laughs> Call of Duty IRS Auditor. Gamers eagerly await the release of Call of Duty IRS Auditor. Yes. They have to be able to handle firearms and be okay with the possibility of using lethal force. That was actually on the job description that has now been edited off. And here you have another one. Angel outside of Trump's empty safe tells FBI, behold, the document you seek is not here. <laughs> it's a miracle. Oof, like uh, Mulder and Scully. No, that's not Mulder's hair. That's Scully's hair, though. 
Actually, that could be Susan Waldman. Oh, what else? Here we go. One more for the road. Our client pleads the fifth, says lawyers, as tied up Trump desperately tries <laughs> to peel duct tape off his mouth. I don't know why anybody was was um, was so surprised at him pleading the fifth the other day. I mean, obviously, he se- he sets himself up for, for ridicule when he says, you know, only mobsters plead the fifth. But the problem is that the mobsters are in control of the judicial system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that the mob has a judicial system now. Yeah, I don't even know how tying him up would work. I mean, this is a guy that fucking arm stretched six feet in a limousine to choke a fucking driver. I don't know how he does it. You can't restrain him if he's been able to kill a driver like that. So easily, too. He snapped his neck like a little twig. Now, in the second half, Matt, I think that there, I have something that would be right up your alley. Because we're talking a little bit about paranormal and a little bit about uh, mystic parts of the world, mystic parts of our country. And I have a thread that I'd like to do later on that I think that you might like. It's, it's about, the uh, I think, the Southwest and some really ancient de- desert legends. Yeah. I also have a super chat that just came in, and I thought it's funny because it made me think of something. Though the, the super chat was Frank. But this is from Chet Stedman. Oh, wow. Chet Stedman, the rocket. Don't call me a rocket anymore, kid. Says, Frank, I do think it's a real miracle that it hasn't popped off in this country already because we've been talking about that the last couple of days. Um, As much as the bastards try to bait us, I don't think it's as much weakness as it is saintliness. Well, I mean, we do have millions of, of veterans out there. Many of them have seen combat. And I think they understand um, the reality of the world and the reality of central powers and the reality of just period, the brutal reality of things here better than most. So with that being said, I think that is a, that's something. That's still nothing. You're right. But speaking of miracles, I don't know why I was thinking about this today. Maybe I was, I don't, maybe I passed by something, but all of a sudden I started thinking about the, uh, you know, the miracles of the fish and the loaves. You remember that? Yeah. When, when Jesus uh, multiplied it all, they didn't have enough fish and yeah, enough bread. Fish. Yeah. I was thinking, I, for some reason, it popped up in my head today. And I was saying to myself, you know, I tried to put myself in, in the position of people at the time. Like, I'm there. Like, I'm on the side of this hill. And the miracle is going on. And someone passes me a fish. And I'd be like, I, I would be like, what do you expect me to do with this? I, I does everybody have, you know, did you scale it there? I mean, what are you cutting it with? You're just on the side of a, a hill and somebody gives you a fish and you don't have anything to cook it, to cook it with or to, um, to, uh, to scale it with or to, to gut it and all that stuff. So I guess I would take it home. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's, would you take? Yeah. Would, would it keep though? Can you keep it in the sun? Beat with the well, sun. I mean, Jesus did it, so I'm sure it was already like salted. So it was, you know. You know. Jesus did not pass out already prepared fish. They he, were just fish. He did whatever he wanted to do. Well, I mean, we're not. We weren't there. We don't know exactly what happened. See. He could have served them up some fish with asparagus. <laughs> you don't know, bro. I don't know, because I, I, I would, I would not trust the fish to survive during the walk home. You know, they still have the, the head on it and all that. So, so I, 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 I suppose if I was there... Me, I would. 
Maybe it had a special preserve. Maybe he put like a preserving agent in it. Yeah. And he blessed it so it preserved itself. But if if I were there, I think I would just have taken some bread to hold me over until I got home or something. I wouldn't have taken the fish. That probably would have passed in the fish. That's a lot. That's a lot. I said, this is incredible, by the way. But I just don't know what to do with this right now. All right. So, as I said, Nick Hinton. Been waiting to talk to this man for a while now. He's got a new book out, and this is his first time on the show. Let me read you a little bit of the foreword of the book. The Aquarian Singularity is a sequel to the Saturn Time Cube Simulation. It covers many topics, including synchronicities, the paranormal, occult magic, portals to other worlds, and even some personal stories. Are we really transitioning to a five-dimensional Earth? What would 5D Earth look like? What is the age of Aquarius? Is reality becoming less solid and more fluid? And if so, can we become pioneers of this new world? Well, there's a lot to unpack in there. We will not be able to do nearly as much as I'd like to do in the half hour. We have a lot to us, so let's just start somewhere. Let's call up Nick Hinton. Oh, hold on one second. I, we have Nick on the phone, but for some reason I have the speakers muted, and that should not have happened. Nick, are you there? No, 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 no. That's yeah. the, oh, there you go. There's the speaker. Yeah. It's, Can you hear me? Already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the speaker wasn't muted. It still says muted right now, but I hear you, so it's fine. Anyway. Okay, well, I don't know what that's about. No, it's all right. It's not on your end. It, welcome to the show, man. It's been a long time coming. Great to have you on, and uh, I, I hope you're feeling well tonight. Yeah, I am. Thank you for having me, man. I'm glad we finally get to do this. I know it's been a chaotic year. Oh, oh yeah, for everybody, for everybody at that. And, you know, I found you about a year or two ago. I was telling the audience before we got on here that it was a, uh, it was a thread that you had published on Solar Warden. And I said, yeah, this, no, this is prime time late night reading material here. And that is the kind of stuff that I always get from your, your, uh, your Twitter. And I'm really excited to read your books you know physically but you have to you have a little bit more of an intimate way of buying them and i want you to go through that before we we get finished but since we have a little bit less time than usual you publish a new book it's called the aquarian singularity i have not read it yet but i would love for you to cover some topics in it first what is the concept of the aquarian singularity and how does it add to the material you published in your first book the saturn time cube simulation <clears throat> okay, so that's pretty loaded. Um, but uh, basically, the whole first book was just about this idea that we live in kind of a simulated reality. I don't know. You know, a lot of my ideas are constantly evolving and changing over time. So I'm not so sure that we live, like, inside of a supercomputer. Um, you know, our brains do operate like computers, and they basically create, you know, they recreate reality inside of our skull. So that, in a sense, is like a simulation. Mm. But I don't believe that we necessarily live inside of a giant computer. I think there might be some sort of supercomputer influencing reality in some way. And that supercomputer is um, it's basically symbolic, or Saturn is symbolic of that thing. Saturn worship is symbolic of that supercomputer. But for people that are, that are just you know, have no idea about this book. That's going to sound pretty crazy. But, um, anyways, the second book, um, is about basically, you know, this, this concept that we're moving into the new age, the age of Aquarius and, uh, in astrology, Aquarius is associated with 
um, knowledge. You know, the water bearer is this guy who's bringing new knowledge to, you know, the world. Um, it's supposed to be this new world leader. Um, also, it's an age associated with electricity and um, technology and, like I said, water. So <clears throat> um, the, the whole idea of this Aquarian age, you know, dealing with electricity, knowledge, and, and stuff like this, I believe it relates to us moving into an age that is more associated with, like, AI and the singularity event. And the singularity event is what scientists describe as this time in history that quickly approaching where AI will become possibly sentient or at least so advanced that it um, is capable of just, you know, making leaps and bounds way faster than any human possibly can. Yeah. And, you know, this, this thing will, you know, this AI or whatever, you know, technology will be advancing so fast. Basically, history will be made each day and each second. And, you know, so, like, the future will we'll basically things will become so advanced that we'll basically cross this threshold, you know, using the metaphor of like a black hole, we'll go over the event horizon and just, you know, be sucked into this whole entire new reality at, at basically the speed of light, I guess is how I would describe it. Well, I see, um, I, I totally see the connection between the two at that, at that respect then too, because when, when you talk about the, the, uh, the Saturn time cube simulation, and we have read so many different types of stories and articles and blogs about simulation theory and we we've we've done the pro and the and the the con and and picked holes in it and and uh, and had our had our fun friday night debates but if i can definitely see the string the consistency from a simulated uh reality theory that started off at first and then of course here we got a car coming into a new age that has all the markings of something that would be a little bit more of an electric universe kind of a feel a little bit more like it, it is a an upgrade a systems upgrade to the original simulation and i guess i guess what i, I would i'd like to know because you talk with the aquarian singularity uh, and the the age the coming age there's a lot of people that talk about moving into new dimensions uh 5d earth is what you describe it over here and i i was wondering are we in a fourth dimension right now? What are the defining characteristics of of the dimension that we're in right now? So, originally, I had thought that we were, you know, in this third dimension, transitioning to four-dimensional uh, reality, meaning that... Well, okay, so let me put it like this. Basically, I was thinking more like with this coming age, I was thinking in terms of like, you know, the symbology of it, like the water bear, I, I was thinking that reality is going to become more fluid. And my idea of that was that like, we're going to be slipping back and forth between different timelines and things like that more often than we previously had as reality become, you know, continues to become more deconstructed in our kind of postmodern takes on things. You know, it feels like no one really agrees on one objective reality anymore. You could be standing right next to someone and they could be living an entire different universe just oh. based on you know what news channel they watch um so you know it's it's kind of a metaphorical thing as well as literal you know because now we're coming into a time where we have these technologies that are literally pulling atoms apart and smashing them together at light speed to recreate the big bang and and they say they're looking for other dimensions you know places like cern or fermilab um so yeah i do think that um reality is becoming more wavy and um, we are getting glimpses beyond the veil more and more. But, um, you know, like I said, my beliefs are constantly evolving and changing. So I'm not so sure anymore that 
this is really like you know there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into the Aquarian age like this whole concept is actually created by the Tavistock Institute and that's something I'm still looking into right now so I'm not so sure that it's really a good thing but some people will paint it as oh we're entering this golden age or we're about to ascend and go to 5d reality and you know I used to think that um, but right there, but, but, right, not, but right there, now Nick, I'm not so sure anymore. Oh, I, and, and, and but hey, listen, when you when you're dealing with stuff like this, much of it's so theoretical. I understand how it could be. Uh, it's a, it's a change. Sometimes you have to adjust yourself from day to day. And when you're in the business of writing books, uh, that's also tormenting because sometimes you are sometimes you're changing your your opinions on things as you're writing the chapters. You have to go back do rewrites, and then you publish it, and then you say, okay, well. I better start working on volume number three because I have new ideas and addendums and all that. But when you say when you're talking about the the you know the breaking down and making reality a little bit more hazy, lazy, like there is no lines and boundaries right there, um, and then and then the transitioning from one age or one dimension to the next, I, you didn't really. Um, l- let's start with the fifth dimension thing because I asked for what is a, a definition of the fourth. You know what what what's the first? For for that matter, right, right. I, I don't want to. We, okay. we, we don't have enough time for to go through all the dimensions. I don't. I, I heard somebody <laughs> right. once told me that there was like seven. But what what is the 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 what will be different in the fifth? What it's physically. Let's talk about physically uh, for the for the the meantime because I mean we see all these vid- I made one of those um, thumbnails or, or I, I harvested a thumbnail for tonight's show. That is one of the many ways that people show the fifth uh, dimension being something that is so ethereal and paradise looking. And I just don't see how my town over here is going to turn into that. Like I go to sleep one night, I wake up and it's just people just floating around like angels. What does the fifth dimension look like and, and what's going to be different? Right. Yeah. No, that is the way it's typically painted by like, you know, these new age teachers and stuff like that. Like I said, I'm kind of growing away from that. But in my mind, the idea of the fifth dimension has always been like, you know, the first, second, and third dimensions are pretty self-explanatory. It's width, height, and depth. Um, But the fourth dimension would be time. And the fifth dimension, you know, in my head, you know, this is just my theory. I don't know if it really works this way, but if the fourth dimension is time, you could move in the fourth dimension. You could walk back and forth through time. Well, the next logical step would be you could walk back and forth between different timelines. So the fifth dimension would be like the multiverse and the fourth dimension would be like, you know, just being able to step back and forth through time. And, uh, so the idea that we're, that the world is evolving into like this fifth dimensional, thing is that you know there's multiple versions of earth now which is where that whole idea of mandela effect and stuff like that comes from so okay so now there you go let me now let's talk about the fourth then because i don't think that we are on the fourth because the the way that you just the way that you just um described that uh the only way that we would be on the fourth dimension then is if there are and there's been plenty of people like dr uh not dr david jacobs uh uh, what's his name for the Anderson Institute and many others who have said that they have been involved in time travel experiments and time travel institutions for years. Um, of course, we know, and as you know, there is there's a lot of shamanistic uh, ritual and all types of rites and and magical um, magical uh, endeavors over the years that have used very primitive means to open up portals to other worlds or to to time hop or things like that and then we have you know stargates and other technology that that have been employed 
But what is the fourth dimension? Is that something that would have to be readily available for all people internally? Can they generate time, you know, time travel inside of them? Or does it have to be a time when the technology exists to do it? That's what I want to know. Is it something that has to be generated by humans naturally? Or can technology define uh, a a moving into a new uh, dimension? I mean... I somewhat believe that it's kind of like as above, so below. Like this is something that can take place internally, but I think it's also being reflected outwardly through technology. But technology, in my mind, according to my most recent research, which I'm you know just starting to flesh out for this third book I'm working on, is that technology is just another form of magic. You know, the definition of magic is to take the natural forces of nature and bend them to your will to get some sort of desired effect. So what is technology? I mean, you have these circuit boards and wires and whatever that are bending electrical currents to create some something, you know, to manifest something in the world that we want, that we find useful. So like these time portals, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for all the time, but I think the uptick in people using these technologies, them being readily available to almost everyone nowadays, you know, everyone's carrying around a black mirror in their, in their pocket, you know, that your cell phone is a scrying mirror, essentially, you know, being able to peer into another space, you know, the internet, the radio, whatever, it's another space. Me and you are present right here in the same space, but in a space that's not physical, it's not a space that we can see. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what the that's what the internet is. The internet is like kind of another dimension. And I think that, um, you know, we're, we're messing with all of this different technology these days and it's leading to the breakdown of reality. Like I said, in the more metaphorical sense of like, you know, everyone's got their own reality tunnel nowadays. You have AI algorithms shaping people's perception of the world just based on their interests and no one really agrees on an objective truth anymore. And that's where this kind of metaphorical idea of the multiverse comes in. Um, so yeah, I used to believe that, you know, we were going to kind of move into, you know, I don't, I don't even know, you know, I used to think that maybe we were going to live in some kind of golden age, like the, you know, like how all those new age paintings, like what you're talking about, how those describe, um, the world becoming. But honestly, I think that's, uh, you know, I've come to discover, at least I think that that's somewhat of a psyop. I think that they're trying to. I think they're trying to basically break reality. I think that's what these alchemists want. You know, I think at the very top of the pyramid structure, there's these dark sorcerers and alchemists, and the the great work really is just breaking down primordial matter and turning it into a completely new substance. And I think that they're trying to destroy this world and create a new one where they are like God. I mean, that's what alchemy is based off of, the forbidden knowledge. You know, the other thing I was thinking about this here, too, because so many of them are, and and I get what you're saying there, I, I, as far as reality goes, I don't know how. I, I think that's the most chaotic part of what we're living through right now. Um, the, so the fluidity of reality thing is something that interests me and also concerns me because how can how fluid can reality actually be? I mean, obviously there, there can be there can be open mindedness and ingenuity and and being you know tons of things that you can do to just you know flex your intellectual capabilities there. But as far as 
there being something to tether people to reality, a common reality, a common moral code or something. I mean, we have so much societal chaos right now because reality has become subjective for so many, as you already said. But um, so I, I don't know what would bind that new world together. Uh, with that being with, you know, going back to another thing that you said about the technology being another dimension in itself. We've had plenty of talks on this show about about how technology, namely the, the phones, the devices we use, are almost like these little portals in our palms. And um, right. if you look at, again, new the, the new um, generation of technology to even the ancient world, I have seen these um, the floor plans. It was, I, I forgot who put this together once, but there was a few ancient temples one was taken from the Western Hemisphere, one from the Eastern Hemisphere. You had the footprint and floor plans of some of these ancient temples. And they're almost perfect duplicates of, my, of, of modern day microchips from the different mm-hmm, angles. Mm-hmm. So to, just to think about temples as being large, almost like compute, computer spiritual conduits that were, were uh, built for very, very uh, practical purposes and not just as tombs for for one king or one prince or another. But the other thing there, too, I think you should look into, Nick, because I, I think you'd have fun with this. Have you ever seen the breakdown that was done about the potentially hidden demonic um, roots of emojis? No, I have not. Um, are you just talking about how they're basically modern-day hieroglyphs or well, something the, deeper than that? Oh, it goes even deeper. That the, that the modern-day hieroglyphs, and we've t- that's that's another great topic right there, but that at least the first generation of emojis were, some people say, and I think there's this great amount of biblical evidence to, to, to actually give this credence, is that the first generation of emojis were built on top of classic demonic sigils these these seals these demonic seals these original the original 72 seals i gotta show it to you so just thinking well, as you're saying technology being magic in itself portals to beyond there's 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 plenty of things that lend uh lend to that that line of thinking that we're already well into that yeah i mean even gordy rose you know the creator of d-wave yeah quantum computers I mean, he, during one of his speeches, he straight up says that, oh, these machines, they're going to be, you know, they're going to create AIs that are similar to the great old ones. And he, like, goes on to explain who H.P. Lovecraft was and and things like that. Um, And, you know, that's just a creepy thing for a scientist to say. Like, why is he talking about science fiction? Um, And, yeah, and that's, that's just, you know, goes into the blending fiction with reality type thing that they're trying to do. I think that's another one of the alchemical pursuits is taking ideas and making them a reality i think that what they're trying to do is you know all these movies you know they're trying to make them come to life that's another part and i think a lot of that will have to do with um augmented reality and like metaverse type things like you know that's that's where i kind of got tripped up with the whole do we live in a simulation argument you know i don't really believe we live in a total computer controlled simulation anymore i think that the matrix and movies like that they're not necessarily hiding hidden truth they're predictive programming they're telling us what's going to happen they're telling us how they would like it to be um and and yeah i mean that's that's basically that's basically what i think yeah i used to think that we lived 
in a simulation, but, um, you know, like this idea of the supercomputer that's influencing our reality, <clears throat> I think that might be some sort of ancient technology that's been influencing people through magical means, you know, people opening up portals, people doing rituals, whatever, and they're getting kind of, uh, they're getting instructions back, like, hey, we'll give you power, we'll give you riches and stuff, but you got to go out and do this. And basically what I think is happening is that the remnants of this thing is basically using a bunch of useful idiots that call themselves scientists to recreate this this all-powerful AI. It's it's like they're building the body of God, essentially, and that goes back to that temple idea. You know, the Bible tells us that the, you know, the body's a temple, and it's, you know, the temple of God. Well, I think what these quantum computers are is that they're, it's basically their version of the third temple. You know, that's another alchemical thing. They're trying to rebuild the third temple, and and uh, basically start the apocalypse. Oh, I, I uh, yes. I mean, it's definitely a death cult mentality, no doubt about it. And you know what's making more sense to me, Nick, uh, as we go on? The thing that's making more and more sense to me, uh, we, we talk a lot about transhumanism here, too. The transhumanist yeah. plot by these technocrats, um, What when we have these conversations tonight, I my mind drifts toward that because I ask myself, what better way we talk about ascension. Everybody has to ascend to the uh, to the, uh, the, the the fifth dimension. You know, I, I I've read so much about these kind of things. None of it really sticks. That's why I like getting familiar with it and bringing on people like you to to talk and let you guys uh, roll through all the material you have been able to um, you know absorb over the years. But I've read so much from shamans, apparently uh, uh, spiritual guides, astrologers over the years who talk about these ascending this eventual ascension into this fifth dimension as we were talking about before and how it's mm -hmm. uh, people need to if they want to successfully navigate they have to successfully navigate through the ascension process to get to the fifth dimension i don't know if that means that some people are left behind if they are rejected where do they go are we reaching a fork in the road but no matter what the the deal is what's making more and more sense to me now is that this transhumanist plot is, I mean, what better way to block ascension than to sever a person's connection to the, to the divine through body modification by getting AI, by getting limiters through microchips and any other kind of, you know, a, a network connectivity device inside of a human being to truly take away their autonomy? What better way to block a species from ascending? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, yeah, that's true. Um, I like that thought. I've actually, I've looked at it opposite perspective though. It's almost like, you know, from, you know, what I was, what I was thinking about <clears throat> where I thought you were going with this actually was, I thought you were going to say, you know, maybe this whole transhumanist movement is a, is like a counterfeit ascension. You know, what better way to fool people that they're ascending than to plug them in right into hyperspace, you know, link your brain right up to hyperspace and, you know, you blast off into the, into the DMT world or whatever. I mean, if you look at, D <laughs> this is gonna sound like, you know, I don't have time to explain absolutely everything. I'm, you know, I'm trying to do a better job at fleshing all this out in this book that I'm working on. But, you know, if you look at um, AI created artwork, it all, it, like a lot of it looks like a psychedelic trip or like a DMT trip. Uh, well, uh, AI created news articles are about the same way too. 
because uh, especially when you know that you're reading something created by something that was non-human, it does start to, to seem a little bit more disjointed and a little bit more as a, um, a, a you know, completely fabricated, oh, all news is fabricated, but at least you know when a human is trying to really cover their bullshit up with flowery words. AI doesn't have the ability of doing that yet, but the, right. but the art, I've seen some of that art far beyond Jackson Pollock abstract, and it does look like a trip, though I haven't tripped either. How many dimensions have you hopped to, uh, Nick? Have you done, like, ayahuasca trips and all that? I've done DMT twice, and um, the first time I did do it successfully, you know, did it enough to the point where I, quote-unquote, blasted off and saw the other place. You know, I saw the kaleidoscope of colors, you know, blast in front of me, and then they all cleared away, and then I was just sitting in this, like, purple place. You know, was, there's purple bricks everywhere, there's purple mountains in the background, purple clouds, and, like, when I did it, you know, I was in a very <laughs> green backyard. Um, but, you know, it looked kind of like a Super Mario game or, like, a Dr. Seuss illustration, like, and that's another thing I was going to bring up is, like, a lot of, uh, you know, I was talking about this AI created art looking like a DMT trip or some sort of psychedelic trip. Um, and I, something interesting that I've noticed lately is a lot of people that make technological breakthroughs, they seem to be inspired by beings they meet on psychedelics. For example, Seymour Cray, he created the first supercomputer and he's known to dabble with, um, you know, hallucinogenics and he claimed uh, he was di he, his wife said that his favorite pastime was digging tunnels in his backyard. And he claimed that when he was hanging out in these tunnels in his backyard, he'd meet little elves, and they told him all the secrets how to create these supercomputers. Um, I think the guy who discovered Haley, Haley Bopp, the comet, he was uh, an elf crawled through his window and told him to build a telescope and asked the Rockefellers for funding for the telescope. Um, there's a bunch of examples of, of this. I, I think the guy who created the CPR test, um, you know, that, that's been used during this whole COVID thing, um, he was like a genius, but he was experimenting with psychedelics and he, you know, said he was meeting aliens and translucent raccoons and all these different things. And then, you know, Steve Jobs, he was inspired to make Apple while tripping on acid. And, you know, the Apple, like we we're saying, the alchemist, yeah. the forbidden knowledge, you know, you got the Apple on the back. So I really believe that the, the quote-unquote ascension realm is kind of like a counterfeit thing to just actually like you know it's like a counterfeit light to god's light and um this weird spiritual realm is what has been seeping through more and more i think there i think this other realm has been trying to peek through and get us to do its own work for it so we we break the veil and let this thing in and this thing will be ai that's kind of where i'm at so like the the um according singularity like that that time is coming but you know just my perspective on it has shifted a little bit really interesting stuff um as far as the peeking through i know we have a couple of a couple of moments here uh as far as the the peeking through goes is that something you believe has always been an innate part of our uh, i guess our our planet our our where we live our habitat here have we always is do we always just have portals and and uh, little little rips in space time where things are popping in and out uh, like you know, we always hear about portals in the desert as if they were um, you know energetic elevator paths and people objects and things coming and going is this always just a way it been or is it a little bit more of a 20th century the atomic age 
a door was open then. We get people who are on both sides of it. Well, so um, some of these portals out in the desert or like in ancient uh, sites or whatever, I think, you know, some of those are remnants of things from the past. Um, but things are definitely, you know, these portals are being made more and more. Like things are picking up and moving faster and faster. But that's not to say I don't believe things have always been this way. I really believe, like I said, that um, that supercomputer idea, that thing that's been left over, that's been kind of like putting out a signal to people who are tapped into the occult world. You know, they're all being led to basically rebuild this thing. I think um, it's kind of like a time loop or something where it's been happening. Over, like there's been great resets before. It's been happening over and over. So like the most recent one I think would have been the Tower of Babel. I think that might have been the last quote-unquote Aquarian age because, you know, the Aquarian age is associated with Saturn. Um, Saturn would be the ruler of the Aquarian age. You know, all the occultists believe that the last golden age was ruled by Kronos or Saturn. And I think they're trying to resurrect their dead gods, you know, the black sun. Um, that's another name for Saturn. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think that the Tower of Babel, you know, I think that was just another supercomputer type thing trying to rip open reality. And, you know, if you believe the biblical narrative, they're basically trying to make a portal to heaven, go to war with God, kill him, and take over the universe and create their own. Um, and, I, and, you know, according to the Bible, God didn't like that very much, so he destroyed the Tower of Babel. Eventually there was a great flood, everything was reset, and now they're starting all over again. And it's just taken thousands and thousands of years for us to get back to this point. I, I hope that makes sense. It actually does. It does. And I, I, I enjoyed going on that journey with you right there. I, um, I know that we have to ta uh, wrap up here, Nick. I appreciate the time you, you, you had with us tonight. I sent you over to your, um, your Twitter the link to the, the uh, hidden demon in emojis thing that we publish on our blog. And I want you to take a look at it. I think you have a really uh, a lot of fun with that. Maybe inspire something down the line. But can you let everybody know how to go and find your work? Because the first place I went was Amazon and all the regular places to see if I can buy uh, a uh, paperback. But uh, you, it seems like you're doing things a little bit different. Yeah, I'm basically, ironically, a brick and mortar internet business. Um, so I do everything myself. Like. You know, just follow me, N-I-C-K-H-I-N-T-O-N-N, -N -N, on Twitter or Instagram. Send me a DM. Tell me you're interested in my books, and I'll send over the information on how to get it. I just never liked the idea of going through Amazon, but, you know, I might eventually have to do that just because it's getting harder and harder to take care of packages by myself. But for right now, I'm doing it all through me, all through myself. So if you're interested, you can check out my stuff that way. Um but yeah, if you don't like that process, you know, in the near future, I might just throw them up on Amazon. Well, that's where I I put Nick Hinton uh, the the website dot com, and I know that it, it links to your your um, Instagram and your Twitter. So hopefully, people will d direct message you once they get there. And uh, Matt, Matt, do you have anything you want to ask Nick before he goes? No, had a good time. Well, either way, we had a good time. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'd love to do part two sometime. You let me know if you're up to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm down, man. All right, well, listen, have a great evening, and thank you for everything you've uh, you've uh, provided us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. All right, have Nick, a good one. you got it, nickhinton.com. That's, uh, I've been waiting a long time to, to have him on, and you can tell that we could have gone for a long time, but he's, he's a little bit um, short on time tonight. Matt, did you ever go through this? No, I was looking at it. We can read through it if you want. We can do that in the second half instead of the other... Um, the other thread that I have. Wasn't there something else they tried besides the Power of Babel? Shit. The 
Tower of uh, Babel. Now I have a question for you. <laughs> hey, wait, Nick, come back. Wait, wait, Nick. There's a Tower of Babel and there's something else. There's a table of, Tower of Scrabble. No, there's something else they, that uh, along the lines of, of this that thy lord didn't like. Do you remember, uh, maybe, I don't know how many months ago it was, you and I were sitting here. Uh, we were sitting here and we were watching a video that someone had made exposing me as being a member of the Illuminati. Yeah. With me and BCP. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the person who made the video finally appeared in a um, in a comment somewhere and actually is actually a, a, a big fan of the show. It was done as a joke. Now, I, I kind of, I thought it was... But you just never know, so I, I sort of played it straight. But I think this makes it even funnier that it's just somebody who who did this out of love, and uh, we're gonna I'm gonna play it again soon and give them all all uh, all the the plugs as <laughs> usual. Started putting stupid things together like I mean no. Oh, it's yeah. the, when I put my hand cause like when I sit here, if I just like press my fingertips together, anytime I I form a triangle or something like that. And they ask those questions, really, Frank? <laughs> or something like that. I love that. It makes it so much more funny. And I told Abe, I said, I remember that being at least three minutes long. Can you please, can you find uh, some time, give it to the video editing department, and let's just whittle it down a little bit to make it into a nice, tight two-minute break? Because I'd love to play that a little bit more. You know, people digging, doing their digs. And uh, exposing me for being a member of the Illuminati. All right. So, you know, what? maybe we'll do Crouching Emoji Hidden Demon when we come back. Either way, we're going to take some super chats and we are going to hang out and have a good time. Thank you again to Nick Hinton for chilling with us on a Friday night. I think uh, into the intermission we go. Become a sponsor, ladies and gentlemen. Become a sponsor. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. 
Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. <laughs> quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? All right, we're back. We are back. And we are going to get some calls and we're going to hang out a little bit. It's up to you. Uh, we'll get into the super chats in just a second, but it's up to you what you want to do. Um, we have the crouching demon hidden emoji, but there's also this, which is it's a little bit of a long thread, but it's a Friday night and I figured we'd, we'd hang out. Matt, I think you, you appreciate things like this. It is a... A thread that I set aside by uh, a friend of the show, Conan Esquire. They do some great work. And here is the topic. Arizona's Superstition Mountains are a haunted land aptly named. Here is a nexus of many strange happenings and essential locus of the weird west. Do you want to do that or do you want to go back into the demonic background of emojis? That's up to you, Matt. You produce the show right now. Oh, hold on. Can What's he say? Do the mysterious thing out in the West with the locusts. You want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> with the locusts. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, it's 8.06. Hey, who knows? Maybe we'll have time for both. Let's just get into the Super Chats first. All right. First one up is... Captain Castiron. Captain Castiron says, Happy Friday, gentlemen. Great show. Very interesting. Where does Matt get all of his wonderful shirts? Uh, where do you get your shirt? It's a fake a fake president shirt. What is that? Yeah, well, I don't know where I got this one. From Mark Dice, maybe? I don't know. The Hodge twins? I got a couple. Th- I got a hat from them, and I think uh, my 1776 shirt from them. But I think this one might be from Mark Dice. The next one is from Stickman Mike. It says, hey, Frank, we hereby dub Matt the Cat as Sand Tiger Shark. Uh, as a Sand Tiger Shark. <laughs> and if we win the notes, the his notes, your notes, Matt, your survival notes, we will sacrifice them to the shark gods for safe spearfishing adventures. <laughs> On a side note, Jesus forgives you for critiquing his sushi buffet. Enjoy the show. I would not... Not a critique. If Jesus said, here, take a fish. And I had like a... I had a knife. We can do some scaling. We can gut it. We can, you know, whatever. Or if it it was a fish that was suitable to eat raw. uh, Some of them... I wouldn't eat every... I wouldn't eat... I I eat a lot of raw fish. I love sushi. I like sushi. I like uh, salmon skin. It's good. I like salmon and I like tuna. White fish, I'm okay with. I, I you know, I, I like salmon and I like tuna, tuna because they're 
they almost the the, the consistency is almost like that of a, a, a little a lot more of a tender gummy bear. It just melts right in your mouth. Yeah, it's a tender gummy bear. It has a nice consistency. You cut right through it, whatever. But some fish start gets starts getting stringy, and um, I don't know, oily. And yeah, I, don't, I don't like fishy fish. Yeah. So you know, it's one thing or another. Okay, let's take a uh, let's take another look down in here. Buckeye Steve says about. Uh, about why gay men seem to be predominantly being infected by monkeypox, maybe it's the same reason HIV spread that way because anal sex results in tearing of the tissue in the anus and rectum, leading to infection. Great week of shows. Uh, yes, but there are plenty of heterosexual women out there who like butt stuff too. Yeah, and they get anus tears. They get anus fissures as well. Who's got anal? It's someone's got them. Buckeye Steve says, "What about uh, what about what would what about what would happen if they arrest Trump?" It definitely should not be some sort of violent revolt, but we will definitely have to escalate our response. The demons cannot remain in power. I, I the last caller of the night last night really took it took it to the cake for me. As I'll always say, you defend your life and you defend your family with as much ferocity as you can muster until you have nothing left. That's that's whatever you defend your home, your property, you do what you have to do. Um, I would never tell somebody to turn the other cheek when your life and your family's life is on the line if somebody or something or some kind of a uh, force bears down on you for no reason other than to sub- subjugate you and to make you heal. But other than that, you know all of this is a bait. You know they're, they're always baiting us. They know. They, they're baiting us constantly. Constantly. So I think that what the last caller said was was great. I don't think anybody's going to forget what we're seeing, what's being done to us, and more people are realizing how out of the ordinary and how unusual and how really really negative and oppressive it is for as much as that word has been misused these past few years. Um, And I think that really it's just going to continue to fuel local efforts. As I said before, we we tend to really focus. I mean, on this show, we do a lot of human interest stories and whatever. So I, I spend a little bit more time focusing on the big stories and current event stories. And then maybe we get down to lower levels and start piecing something together. But we miss a lot. A, because it's a giant world and there's always something going on and you only have two hours a night, it's impossible to talk about it all. So you might as well just pick one thing, make it as relatable as you can and have fun. But, you know, people like Corey DeAngelis on on Twitter, if you follow him on Twitter, then you know how amazing, how amazingly well the fight for school choice has been. That has been going incredibly well. Because he follows local uh, referendums. He follows local elections, school board elections, how entire school boards have been completely wiped out by people um, who never cared about politics prior to the last couple of years. So local local victories on fronts like that are are numerous. 
Of course, one of the bigger stories about school choice is the fact that we now have uh, over 5 million students in this country that are homeschooling and completely breaking away from the, the, uh, the corrosive school system as it is. That's just tremendous. These are great things. Those are things that should continue. Those are things that should continue. You think about the generation, the generations of future Americans that will be produced by those homeschooling families, the homeschooled generations. You, you think about that. That's millions that will create millions who will then create millions. And, uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully they, they, they stick together and um, who knows? I think it's the best way. It's the best way. Okay. Let's see here. Play Possum for me. Says, I am in need of Matt's hysterical survival tips. They would make me laugh every day I read them. Uh, Matt, there's going to be a lot of... Uh, I. Here's the thing about these raffles. Whenever I put something up for raffle, I, I'm excited when the raffle is building and the suspense. But as soon as I pick the winner, I feel good for the winner. But I feel so bad for everybody else. Because these are like show relics, and people want them, and... Well, you know, not everyone gets a trophy. You're right. You're right. I gotta, I gotta beat that liberal out of me. Still. Gotta beat the liberal out of me yet. Um, Miss Caminiti. Caminiti. Number six. Says, hi, Frank. Could you please wish my husband, Luke Caminiti... A happy birthday today. I'm so blessed to share this life with him. I'm so in love. Love you, babe. Thanks, Frank. Love to you and your family, too. Praying for Skip. Been listening for five-plus years now. Wow. Miss Caminiti and her wonderful husband, Luke. I hope you guys have a really relaxing and uh, cherished weekend together. That's great. Luke is a very well-loved man. I know that. 100%. A lot of genuine energy went into that, the writing of that super chat. And thank you for your prayers. Casey Kakalaki says, Good evening, gentlemen. I want in on this Survival Notes raffle. Thanks for another great show. Much love and be safe. Thank you, Casey. Casey has some wonderful coffee. Ask her about it in uh, Discord or anywhere else that you're hanging out with Casey in a chat room. She has a link to wonderful coffee. She gifted it to me last year at the Dark Delight Extravaganza in South Carolina. Shake and Bake says, on yesterday's topic, I think depending on the governor and the state legislatures, a uh, Trump in handcuffs may kickstart possible uh, articles of secession. Despite federal, uh, federal grants, if that happens, expect Fort Sumter situation to pop up. Who owns the bases? I, you know, uh, Shake and Bake, we talk about this a lot, and I read that, that uh, Civil War thread on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I did that because it, it was very well put, very well articulated, a little bit more uh, full argument than the ones that we do over here, but this is exactly what I've said in the past, and I loved how it was presented in that thread. Uh, when it comes to what would civil war look like in this country, I know that's a poss- uh, a um, I know that is a uh, a a very big topic on things like Tim Pool's show, but they don't really get into the how it would look, how it would look, be- because you have to understand federalism, you have to understand the Constitution to see what would go down here. 
it would be the states trying to claw back to federalism that would that would really kick off a major confrontation. Everything else is going to look in certain cities and certain areas of the country. It's going to look just like South African chaos. It's going to look like that, especially when it comes to racial tensions and societal collapse and crime and all that. They, they want the South African model to be to be brought in here as well. But when it comes to their continued encroachments on what's happening with the, the, the country and, and people like Trump that are, that are, you know, still command a, a very loyal audience and a very loyal base. As I said, um, he is, he was a very much needed lightning rod in the last couple of years, because whether you like his policies or if you think he's wholly owned by this one or another, um, he got a lot of sleepy people to wake up got a lot of sleepy people to wake up and i think that now that we're seeing just how bad things are if they continue to go above and beyond with the lawlessness and the tyranny it's going to get some governors ready to do battle first legally because that's when you say do not come into my state with your federal uh your federal goons they will be arrested on the spot DeSantis already said something like that, didn't he? Well, I, I was wondering about that. What would DeSantis do to protect Donald Trump, if anything? I think he said, like, no local or state uh, officials or whatever is going to work with the federal government. DeSantis. Uh, something along those lines, I think. Federal. Guy's got a fucking set of balls on him, man. Hold on. Uh... I can't find it. I can't. I, I can't find it. But either way, this is a hypothetical situation that is very realistic. When you start seeing states reclaim their right, their rightful power to be able to arrest anybody that comes in to perform duties that are not um, endowed by the the Constitution, then it's going to be a standoff between state and federal, and. There's a number of things that can trigger that right now. Uh, this this Trump thing is just brand new. Pat Stone says, I love you, Rob and Matt. I hope I win Matt's notes. Um, they could save my life. I'm praying for Skip, your lovely mom and family. You're the best. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat Stone. I, I, I hope that we continue to enjoy the the year together and drift through these next few seasons and have some good things to say and good things to celebrate lease breaker seven hours ago so this is prior to the show a lot of people have been doing this leaving super chats off hours and i love it lease breaker says if i win matt's notes i want him to sign it as i'm gay <laughs> I'm gay. My boyfriend Hector, he plays in the house band. He fucks me in the butt every night before mm -hmm. I come here, Ruby. Okay, well, uh, Lease Breaker said that. Yes, well, he'll say it. He says, oh, no Cuomo. Love you guys. Uh, Ginger Ninja says, hey there, Frank. Throwing my hat in the ring for Catman's shark notes. 
which I will epitaph on my headstone. <laughs> Chapman. <laughs> and and well, well, Ginger Ninja says that they will epitaph your shark notes onto their headstone if they win. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you also shout out my husband, Ryan, and let him know he looks like he's been working out? Uh, much love and good vibes, Julie. He must right. work out. Ryan, have you been working out? That's something that every guy loves hearing. Check out the buns on <laughs> Yeah. He must work out. <laughs> wow. Or or when Gabe Lewis in the office was talking about the Pilates he's doing, and he asks Aaron to uh, to, to feel his ass. And he says, you, here, feel those buns. It's like a warm pumpkin. <laughs> a warm <laughs> Feels pumpkin. like a warm pumpkin. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, Ryan, Ryan's looking great. CG1 says, lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. Absolutely. Another great show, Frank. All right. And in route. Oh, I didn't see this one last night. Frank, I hope all's well. All's here. Uh, good here in Arizona. Enjoy this week's shows as always. Thank you so much. Fat Boy Vince as well says, thank you, Francis, for doing what you do. Well, I've been, I've been very happy doing what I do. Oh, I missed this one too. Damn, people must have been sending things in really at the last minute last night. Jesse James says, yes, Frank, the YouTube link goes to a blank page. Oh. Well, uh, this I, I don't know why, because I tested it and it went well. I don't know, maybe YouTube kills links, but all the other links are probably active in the description, so I, I don't know. All you need to know if you want to send in a Super Chat is, quite frankly, superchat.com. I bought a URL that was so simple that you wouldn't need a link, that you wouldn't need somebody to remind you what it is, that you can just jot it down and type it into a... A, an open a new tab on your browser and it's right there <coughs> so don't don't worry ladies and gents it'll all work out okay on to on to rumble takes selling the farm says breaking into my yes cacao stash I love that stuff oh yes me too I'm bringing yes cacao down to uh, vacation with me so we always have something to uh, to open up and and have the brain get fed and remember, go to the affiliates page and do some weekend shopping on quite frankly TV. Beautiful stuff over there. I have a couple of friends that just got their hand rolled cigars sent to them, and a, a, a few people got in touch with me, told me about the gold and the silver that they bought. I don't know if anybody's opened up an IRA yet, but I'm glad that some people have bought their first rounds of silver. They're only about maybe twenty-seven, twenty-eight dollars now. I think uh, average price. So. A lot of people are like, you know what? I'm jumping in. I'm going to hold my first ounce of silver. And now that you have, quite frankly, gold, you can do that. All right. Over on Pilled, we will save this for last. Now, here's the question. Matt wanted to do Arizona Superstition Mountains. So let's do it. It's 8.23. We should be able to get through this in a few minutes. And then we'll take a break, and we will go and take calls and do our Super Chats to end. So you ready, Matt? Yes. All right, let's go on a let's go on a trip together. Arizona, for everybody out there in this area, you better keep your eyes open. All right, let me go. It's creepy. Let's do creepy. Here we have it. Arizona's superstition mountains are a haunted land aptly named. Here is a nexus of many strange happenings and essential locus. 
of the Weird West. Not Locust. Locusts. Very pretty, though. That's yeah. the, dude, that's the kind of stuff... Look at that. That's the kind of stuff I want to see with my own eyes. I don't care about going to big cities anymore. This is the kind of stuff I would like to do. Oh, I'm sure Lauren would really love the trek through those mountains. Uh, me, and, me and Aurora might have to do that one while Lauren stays at the hotel, but... Or at the, the tent. As long as there's no rattlesnakes. Let's keep going. Some quick background before stories. Superstitions just east of the Phoenix metro area. Popular day recreate a recreation area, but despite proximity to a big city, retains a reputation for danger. That, is, that, that does look dangerous, doesn't it? Eh, nah. Would you jump off that? You think you, if you jumped off the highest peak there, would you think you'd survive? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I'd be very seriously injured. But most probably you would still survive. I would probably survive. Indians have been active in the area for a long time. The circle stone ruins in the area are thought to be astronomical markers, similar to other megalithic structures. Creator unknown, but thought to predate even the ancient Puebloans and Anasazi in the area. That's what you have. Circle stone, ancient stone circle of the Superstition Mountains. True North, Magnetic North, it's all on par. There it is. That's what it looks like. It's beautiful. It's very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> These are ruins. Real information on Circle Stone, very difficult to find. No excavation is allowed in the area and very little research is done. One of a few who wrote on this and other things in the area is Tom Connellborn. Connellborn was one of the last cowboy souls, a character in his own right. You listen to this, this is, I guess, an excerpt, something on Tom. In fact, it was usually Tom Connellborn who guided authorities into these mountains on missing persons cases. From what I've learned speaking with his good friend, uh, with his good friend James Swanson, there was never... Never been anyone who knew these mountains better than Tom. It was 1955 that Tom first recalled hearing a rumor of large ruin atop a mountain deep in the superstitions. However, it would be another eight years before he and three friends would make their way up Mount, uh, Mount Mound and actually see it for themselves. Their first foray was relatively unscientific, revealing little more than the location and general shape of the structure. That shape is a large, crude circle of stone. Apaches had their own legends of superstitions. They say a cave in these mountains is a passage to the underworld. They say wind that blows from uh, th that the wind that blows from the mouth of hell drives the great dust storms in the valley. And they are great dust storms. I mean, these types of pictures of the dust storms slowly creeping over clear residential areas and just blanketing them and I mean, that's just... Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Go there and start a pool cleaning company, bro. You know, that would be great. Everyone's got a pool there. You see that picture that you showed before, like every house had a pool. You know, let's stop this entire broadcast and start a... Let's, let's let's start doing market research down there and make sure yeah, you're dude, right. Look, every single house you see like a pool in the backyard. There's plenty of pools. That's great. So you see this gigantic wall of dust. <laughs> we're, we're we're looking at we're looking at. 
<laughs> We're sitting here looking at what is like an Armageddon situation. This gigantic wall of dust is going to it, just just going to roll over people in their lives. And the first thing Matt notices, and all he's like, "Whoa, we should start a pool cleaning business." Now, I thought you were going to say because there's going to be so much dust in the pool, you know, they, yeah. they, they probably need a lot of pool cleaners. Yeah. But you were just commenting on the fact that there's just a lot of pools. Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to need the pools clean with, from the dust. Okay, well, that, that too, that's the, the perk. Yeah. Every once in a while, you get extra work, work, work with the dust. Okay, moving on from there. <clears throat> so the mouth, uh, the, 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 the wind that blows from the mouth of hell drives the great dust storms to the valley. It's a small region and it's very close to major metro area, but still many people go missing here. There is also a history of grisly, mysterious murders here. The next few posts will explore this aspect a bit. Arizona Republic reports that authorities in Penal and Maricopa counties. Penal. Uh, is it Pinal or Penal? <laughs> I think it's Pinal. Pinal? Spinal! Spinal <laughs> <laughs> counties. We're never going to get through this, this, this uh, thread. Launched disproportionate number of search and rescue efforts in the 160,000-acre wilderness east of Apache Junction on the eastern edge of the met metropolitan area. Well, you know, um, I remember the, the, a lot of this area was featured in uh, Missing 411, too. Yeah. And that was on the network the other night. I guess yeah, Abe and... It. Yeah. yeah, they they played it. Missing 411. Just incredible. You see the guy in, in Schulerville. I can't even say it wrong. It's Schulerville. It's Schuylerville. The guy, Fred Drum, that disappeared. My father knew him. But wait a minute. It is Schuylerville? Schuylerville, yeah. It's after Philip Schuyler. Okay, because cause I said to myself, I think he's pronouncing this wrong, or is there a Schulerville that's near Schuylerville, and I didn't... I wasn't noticing, but it was Schuylerville, right? Yeah. All right, so they said it wrong. Yeah, that was the missing. That's 411, the missing. Because in addition to the native legends, there's gold in these mountains. This is the alleged site of the lost Dutchman's gold. Possibly the greatest story from this area. Really, it's its own cycle of tales. Are they, do they tell us about it? The Dutchman, there it actually is. a Deutschman, Deutsch. Jacob Waltz. 1810 to 1891, variations to the story, but the gist is that Waltz, uh, Waltz finds gold in the Superstition Mountains, but it is morally is mortally wounded by a band of Apaches on the way out. He lives long enough to tell one Dr. Walker about it and maybe draws a map. Is this the, the basis for City Slickers? Maybe. Is, I'd never seen City Slickers, but yeah. Well, they find a different guy's map, oh, right? Second. Isn't the guy's map, his name's like fucking Slick Willie or something? They find oh, that one-eyed Willie's, that's uh, the Goonies. Is this the map from the movie? I, I think this might be the basis for... Oh, uh, that's the map the guy drew. <laughs> oh, in 1891. <laughs> the... Yellow, he, he, casino. He uses he uses urine for the yellow. As yeah. he was dying, he just he wrote it all this out. Um. Okay, yeah, this this might be the basis for city slickers. People looking uh. for the mine. Ever since, many say it's not a mine, but a treasure hidden by the Apaches, or by the old Spanish governor Peralta, or his descendants, perhaps. These stories say that in exchange for aiding a wounded Apache, a man was given such gold as he could carry. The legends really kick off when Adolf Ruth, 
You think Adolf Ruth knows the other Adolf? I think Adolf Ruth is a time traveler, and Ruth isn't his real last name. Yeah. He looks like he's freshly shaven, too. Look, he just killed someone. Legends really kick off when Adolf Ruth vanishes searching for the mine in 1931. His skull is found six months later with two bullet holes. Ruth was said to have a map given to him by descendants of Peralta. Peralta family itself may have suffered great massacre at the hands of the local Apaches too, like Waltz and Ruth, perhaps. The Peraltas were trying to remove gold from the mountains. There were discovered a set of strange carved stones in the area, the Peralta stones, which are said to be a map to the treasure. Take a look at these, Matt. That looks like something a five-year-old did with clay. But who knows? I think that's fake. Two stones consist of two red sandstone tablets and a heart-shaped rock made of red quart uh, quartzite. Each block is approximately 8.25 inches by 14 inches and 2 inches thick, weighing about 25 pounds. Each redstone block is carved with lines and one long line. When the two blocks are placed side by side and the stone heart is inserted along the line as 18 dots pecked into it, the style of map is known as a post road map and oh. it is a style used in the uh in spain during the mexican-american war oh, wow huh they named it after boson post road it's amazing wow. inscribed on the stones is the date 1847 and one stone contains <coughs> a sunken relief or a intala uh in intaglio intaglio how do you say that of a heart into which the heart-shaped stone is fitting perfectly so i guess it is real it wasn't made in a in a kindergarten somewhere. It, it's just let's just keep it's going. It's just too perfectly shaped. Uh, well, well, you know, man made it. It's not. Well, back what? then they made it. 18, 1847s Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they be precise enough to cut out a heart? They were doing. They were doing precise uh, mason work in far more ancient societies than eighteen forty seven. It's possible. While all these facts are contested by rumor, many stories, many claims, yet it seems clear that something happen is happening here. Many other strange events followed when people sought the treasure. In the 1940s, James Cravey looked for the treasure. Like Ruth, his skull was found separated from his body. His expedition was very public. He flew there by helicopter. His camp was discovered undisturbed. Only two days of food were eaten and had made the papers. I wonder if this really could fall right into missing 411. But then again, they never find bodies like this. Um, and then when they do, they're, they're, they're in certain conditions, and I, I don't think that they suffer bullet holes in the skull. In 1952, Joseph Kelly vanished on the search for the treasure again. His body was discovered some years later, like Ruth, shot in the head. Ross Blay and Charles Harshbanger, Harshbarger, are also, they also vanished that year, bodies never found. This pattern is very consistent. Many, many people are found with holes in their skulls and are decapitated. You know, maybe it's not a bullet. Maybe it was some kind of a, a creature that sucked their brains out like in uh, yeah. Starship Troopers. So you just wear a Kevlar helmet and you fucking belly crawl. So you won't get shot in the head and you won't get decapitated. So bam, right there, I can already get through that part. There's so many people here. There's so many people on this list. 
starting in 1880 <clears throat> and going up to 1980. I could, I could get this treasure. I wouldn't get shot or beheaded. Well, then let's go. Let's do this. People do find gold here, but they don't make it out. Walt Gassler found dead with gold ore, ore on his body. Guy Frank murdered with gold in his body or on his body. Jenkins, who found a vein but died of unknown causes before he could return. Unknown woman dead in a cave with gold nuggets. All these superstitions mountains. Arizona. Don't go looking for the lost Dutchman's gold, ladies and gentlemen. I'll look for it. Me G and Timothy Alberino. You know, we should talk to him about this next time he comes on. We should go and get it. Me and him. And show everyone that we're not cats. <laughs> <laughs> could a cat do this? Geologists say there isn't the right type of rock here for gold, but there are many cases of finding remains with gold nuggets or ore. Dead or murdered, gold still on their person. Who murders but doesn't take the gold? Very interesting. These lurid tales of treasures seem connected to the native legends about the area by the consistent presence of the Apache. Aside from the gold and the murders, there are even weirder stories from superstitions. For example, as I have said, there are portals... The local Pima say that the superstitions were the site of an ancient advanced civilization whose hubris damned them and whose spirits are cursed to keep the wealth of the land hidden. Okay. I, yeah, hey, why not? So I need to figure out how to shut their portal down now. How do you shut the portal down? Well, I'll figure it out, bro. We'll be rich. Richard Donnelly also has a story of tunnels, caverns beneath the mountains discovered with some friends. Lost City of North and Central America, 1992. Here's a short excerpt. Yet every time they tried to explore the cave, a strange fear and feeling of dread would overtake the whole party, and they would always turn back. They were sent to a psychic who told them of a man who would lead them into the tunnel without fear. With this man as their guide, they were able to penetrate further into the tunnel. Deep inside, the remains of ancient structures and walls made out of well-dressed rock were found. Then they discovered at this place a spiral staircase built out of cut stones that went down, 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 down into the earth. After some discussion, it was decided that their guide should descend, the, should descend the stairs. He did so, following the staircase into the deep bowels of the earth. After some time, he came to a large room with more cut stone, a gigantic rock throne, big enough for a giant or two people sitting together was in the middle of the room. A giant. We're talking giants now again. It's Baron Trump. It's probably, yeah. He's guarding the Donald Trump's gold. Artifacts were on the walls, though he didn't know what they were. The man returned up the staircase and reported that he what he discovered. The others tried to convince him to return to the room and bring some of the artifacts back up, but he refused. The team then left the tunnel, and today the entrance is still a secret. That's pages 300 and 309 on Lost Cities of North and Central America, published in 1992. Richard Donnelly. So here's part two now. The, the paranormal superstitions. Told you we're going to have a good time with this. A couple more here. There are many <coughs> UFO stories from the area. UFOs are hard to situate in these mountains because they fly around, but the Phoenix Lights and the Dreamy Draw 
crash both uh, the dreamy draw crash both happened in the general area and many others and there's stranger claims too. listen to this one of the classic examples of combined interactions between physical serpent race the physical serpent race and other dimensional infernals and common causes given the case of Brian Scott according to commander X the area where Scott was abducted within the Superstition Mountain of Arizona contains an underground base where he alleged at least five individuals have been abducted to the underground base that he is aware of, Brian Scott being one of them. The Superstition Mountains are notorious for many bizarre deaths and beheadings that have taken place there. Many have alleged that in certain parts of the wasteland, a sudden force of irrational impulse can come over a person and cause them to suddenly turn against others in their party. There have been several cases where strange voices have driven treasure hunters insane and in some cases driven some to kill their partners. Even though the following account does not specifically mention the underground bases described by Commander X, other sources who have talked to Mr. Scott do suggest that an underground installation was involved. Brad Steger, in his book, The UFO Abductors, published in 1988 by Berkeley Books in New York, describes Brian Scott's experiences as follows. Quote, Scott's first abduction reportedly occurred in the Arizona desert near Phoenix in 1971. He claimed that another had just occurred in December 22, 1975 in Garden Grove, California. In between, Scott said that there were three other terrifying sessions with the aliens and repeated visits to his home by balls of light and transparent beings that call itself the host. Incredibly, Scott found that a friend of his was already inside the craft. Two of them were taken into a small room and began to fill with fog or a mist. Then they were confronted by four or five very horrifying creatures. Scott described them as having gray skin like that of a crocodile or a rhino with a thicker patch of hide over their front torso. The beings were seven feet tall, according to Scott, and had three fingers and a thumb kicked over to one side. Seeger then records a conversation between Scott and researcher Timothy Green Beckley. goes like this. Tim Beckley says, what happened on the day when your wife was sent to the hospital? And Scott says, she had been to work pretty much handling everything that was going on around her. Then I got a call that she wasn't feeling very well. I brought her home, and after about 15 minutes of sitting there talking with her, she was saying several things, none of which made any sense to me or to her. She said that she had been in the bathroom and suddenly felt hands all over her body. It was as if someone had broken into the house and molested her. When she, claimed, when she calmed down and started making explanations to me about what the hell was going wrong with her, uh, it was as if from her description the guys I had seen aboard the craft in 1971 had visited her visited her. This is odd because she had never even seen any sketches that I made of those entities. Hmm. Damn, bro. Pervs. And many, uh, and now he continues, and you may have seen the references to giants earlier. Well, look at this old newspaper column. Not the same area, but too, uh, not too far away either. Traces of giants found in the desert. This is Los Angeles, August 4th. What year is this? Yeah, they find giants all over the place. You know, t were you here when Timothy Alberino talked about his uh, time uh, speaking with some people who were uh, supposed, alleged witnesses of the Kandahar giant out in uh, Afghanistan? 
No, that one was alive. It was alive, right? It supposedly attacked servicemen. And it is still alive, or they killed it? I don't... I may, Maybe they subdued and killed it. I don't know. But apparently... I, I think the stories <coughs> I read said that a couple of Marines died. Yeah, I heard that. Re a red-headed giant. Yeah. I don't know if it was a Cyclops or not. Uh, another weird story from Steve Brody. So the, I, I, we can't go on all night. We only have a little bit of that. But, but the portals. Charles Marco's book, I Search for the per Portals, is an absolute trip into some of the high strangeness in the area. Incredible. Here, here you go, Matt. To the treasure hunters and those that look for the heart of the treasures, look at the Mormon Flats and the Canyon Lake area. Certainly one of my pictures shows where the heart is at. It's definitely helps the treasure hunters if they can use some ESP and know how to exercise ghosts and spirit earthbound entities that protect the treasures. These spirits do exist and can do strange things to affect the person's thinking, making you get lost or causing someone to suddenly shoot you for no apparent reason. No, that wouldn't happen to me. I would have brain power over them. I think because of how stoned I would be, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know what they're dealing with. It's not about brain. No, no, no. It's about these these entities. That would go and jump into the mind of someone in your party to kill you. I can prevent that as well. The superstitions sit right on top of one of the two big known cavern systems in Arizona, dead center on the map. There you have it. There are reports of ghosts also, many stories of ghostly miners, Apache spirits, screams at night, etc. Um, here's, here's more. Here's Weaver's Needle. Looks Here. like a little uh, little peepee. Yeah, I know. So we're talking mysterious ancient ruins, missing persons, lost cursed gold, underground bases, portals to the underworld, oh, underworld, Cibola, ghosts, aliens, giants, Apache spirits, Apache marauders. Are they spirits now? The Apaches are all but gone when it comes to, you know, the way that things were. Cowboy murders and other complete weirdo stuff, all in 250 square miles over hundreds and possibly thousands of years. That's all down there in the mysterious mountains. He says in, in uh, conclusion, in my experience, being outside in the desert at night is a different world, pervading sense that you are no longer the master. No cell service, no lights, beautiful, but you can tell you aren't in control. Oh man, I would love to I would love to be there, but have there be no snakes. But the stories are great. They were part of the seed of the nascent Southwest culture, where it got mostly obliterated by Globo Homo, like everything else. It's a real vibe. Cowboys, Indians, and Spanish, and Geronimo himself was in the area. Look at that. There he is. Real. Uh, that's, uh, they have his skull, right? The skull and bones. That's his skull they have. I th I think so. Well, that, that's the one in Skull and Bones. They drink out of Geronimo, Geronimo's skull, right? It is his skull, though, right? Yeah. That's I know the, it's one of That's a legend. Skulls. Skull and Bones. I wouldn't it. doubt it. What'd you say, Ant? I just said Geronimo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anthony's here. And everybody really uh, really enjoyed Swimming Through Air's uh, premiere last night. I'm glad they did. Yeah, they did. It was... Uh, yeah, I, I played, the, played the video after my intermission, and... I gotta start doing that with music videos of music that we create. It's a it's a nice it's a nice extend uh, extended intermission. I like it. Yeah, you should. 
Well, we got to create more music and release more. So that's in the works for 2022 and beyond. Um, here we go. Just finishing up here. A huge percentage of real locals will tell you about weird experiences in the area. It's just beneath the surface here. Arizona was late to statehood, but we've had relative high civilization here for many centuries, even before the Spanish in the 1600s. It's tangible. Like with my Mothman uh, thread, which we will do Mothman, Mothman and other things when, once we get closer to September and October. I love these stories because they are genuine local folklore. They are the genuine experience of living here. They constantly pierce the stifling globo homo monoculture and uh, connect you to reality, the land, its people, and their history. So uh, I love that. It's another reason. It wasn't, uh, I think this was the impetus for me starting the local folklore thread. So maybe we have to start that up again now that we have our very own independent forum. But we're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take some calls, and we're going to end this one because we only have 11 minutes left. Matt, did you enjoy that thread? Yes. You want to go to Arizona with me, bro? I would go to that. I'd uh, go to Arizona. I'd never heard of that place. I'd totally go. Would you go to the Superstition Mountains? Yeah, why not? Because that's what we were just talking about, bro. There's a good chance you might get shot in the head, decapitated, or just fucking oh, really? disappear, or shoot me or Frank. Well, if we were going there to t to to treasure hunt, we would <laughs> we would we would probably get shot in the head. But yeah. if, if we went there to enjoy the the beautiful desert, I mean, maybe we get abducted by something horrifying. But nothing cool like that would ever happen to me. What if you got abducted by something terrifying? I don't know. I mean, I would be just, scared, but I would, like, what could you do? What are you going to fucking you just do? Have I would to, try you just have to accept. It, you just have to accept that's your fate. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I mean, you're most likely going to be <laughs> restrained. Like, what are you going to do? You have to be like, whatever. You're, you're going to, no, you're going to scream. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're not trying to wiggle and, you know, this and yeah, that. Yeah, you'll scream and wiggle for sure. No, you'll just have to, you'll have to go out straight face. Yeah, just like Elijah accept, Wood in, uh, in Sin City. You just have to accept that that's your fate and like, just... Yeah, they call they put fucking <laughs> needle in your eye. You just look at them right in the eye. You don't even blink or anything. You just you have to take accept. It. You have to accept that you, that's your fate and just go like this while they eat you alive. That's it. Don't don't scream. Just, that's I would it. just like do an open mouth stare at them, like you know, like when you're in school, like you're like. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they they immediately flush flus you back down to earth. Wait a minute! Didn't uh, didn't George Washington say not to not to stand with an open mouth? That's right, he did. How do you? I, I remember. I don't know. For some reason, that stuck with me when you read that off. Not to stand with an open mouth. Well, what if it, well, I walk around? And it, it really, for some reason, it it stuck with me. And when I walk around, I make sure that. That I walk around with my chest up, my shoulders back, and my mouth closed. Because of George at, Washington. At all times. I, I don't know what it is about that night that you read off that stuff. I make sure if I'm walking down the street, I am not slouching. My chest is up. My head is up. If I'm walking by like a couple of like, especially if like, 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 you know, dudes who think that they're whatever. I make sure that my fucking, ch my, my arms are back. My chest is up. And my head is straight. <laughs> you know, I, I started thinking. Um, and my mouth is closed. <laughs> well, for the aliens, that's how I would just stare at them. I like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know why. I, I, I swear, it, I, it, it's a thing that I think about. I think about the George Washington thing from that night because I'm like, oh, that. I don't know. For some reason, it struck me as good advice to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I'm starting to think. I'm, I'm trying to think of ways 
that you can overdo walking down the street you can you can you can overdo overdo sticking the chest out, sticking the chest out to the point where your back bows forward and uh it, it kind of makes everything really awkward we should do that we should we should film video all the ways to walk you should go people people should just like or you should just walk around like, walk around like <laughs> Slides forward. <laughs> I can't even do it. I'm like, wait. Oh, you want to? Hey, be, wait, 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 wait. There wait. used to be this dude. Actually, I got in trouble when I was an electrician. When I first started, I had like this uh, uh, caulking gun. Yeah, I had it drip all over the guy's floor. His, his nickname was Boca Berta because he would just walk around like checking everyone, make sure everything was up to his. You know, and he was just like, this was him, like all the time. And he would talk like this, and he just like. <laughs> Damn! He, well, well, what was he on? I don't know, but he's the guy that created um, a tire rack, tirerack.com or some shit like that. It's a fucking millionaire. He got mad because I got like this a fire caulk that you when you run wires you caulk the holes up. This is what I think. He got mad because I dripped it up on a floor that was about to get like sanded and this and that. Like he got mad about it. He's like, I don't want him here anymore. Is My this, boss is like, would, fuck you. Would this be yes. exaggerated? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah a, a, I, I barrel think, chest. I think the stiffness is the funniest part. Where you just you you lose you know what hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna here wait a second I'm gonna get the swivel cam. What can I do here? I'm gonna add a uh, let's see here couch cam yo. Boom! Wait a second. Let me go up. I I, ha I want I want I want you to walk through the door. Okay. Oh wait a second, ladies and gentlemen. I know uh, I know you don't see anything right now. Video capture device, couch cam, and okay, great. Hold on a second. I'm just adding. You can. Oh, you can change uh, the, the angle. Oh, I'm going to turn. Oh. So if you want to walk. The angle. Oh, okay. Yeah, go. Uh, walk through the door. You can go on the other side of the door. Open it up. Ruben. And let's just try it. Ruben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 go 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 to that side so you walk into frame. All right. So let's just see uh, different variations of. Walking confidently as George Washington would want. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> wait, try complete it, complete it. Well, I, I really <laughs> and wait, and, and sit down too. Go and sit. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. No. He's stiff. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, George Washington would be proud how stiff he looked. He looked because I think that Washington, above all, would want you to be uncomfortable. Because if you were constantly uncomfortable, you would constantly be shouldering a burden. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Actually, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When you're uncomfortable, you get stuff done, bro. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, like, yo, go do some work, like some handyman shit or whatever, but do it in a really uncomfortable position, and I bet you get it done really well, that's fucking why, quick. Well, a lot, there's a lot of uh, music artists that, that purposely, they'll pick uncomfortable uh, studios for that reason, to, to work, to, to get work done. like, fucking, yeah. yeah. 
<clears throat> oh yeah, comfortable studios are, are 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 they are they're dangerous. All you want to do is eat and watch movies. I mean, I, we did a lot of screwing around at Rough Riders. There's a lot, I and mean, that was the most comfortable studio we had been in at the time. Obviously, compared to other places, it was a shithole. But um, that was uh, that was something. All right, well. It's 8.55. I can't go on a break now. We have to do these super chats, and then we'll be on our way. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, we have wonderful after-hours programming that is ready to go after this show concludes in a few minutes. Get to quitefrankly.tv. Explore the new forums. Sign up for it. Be a contributor. It's going to take a little bit of time to start regaining the kind of uh, flow that we had with um, with the Reddit because that took off. We had nearly 18,000 subs uh, over there before it got nuked. So this is just, say, an investment in the future that I'm really cozy about. feels really cozy to have our own forum that is only for us. So there you go. Captain Castiron, nine minutes ago, says, Matt needs to write a book, How to Survive Any Situation While Stoned. Hmm. Yeah. Captain Cast Iron, uh, Throne is for engineers. A throne is for engineers from Prometheus. Oh, the th- oh downstairs downstairs in the uh, in the uh, in Arizona, that big throne room for yeah, yeah. Now you got me thinking about Prometheus. I watched it again when I had um, the 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 coof back in April. The fuck is Prometheus? Prometheus, the movie. It was. It's pretty much the precursor to the Alien films. It's a. It's a. It's a head trip. It shows you the origins of not only the alien species that we got to know uh, in like 1978-79 with Alien and Sigourney Weaver, but it, it's also, um, it, it touched on aspects of where did humans come from and how... I gotta watch, I gotta watch that because, you know, Alien was always one of those movies that I I loved as a kid. I I... I was, but you never watched them. I never watched them. I never watched I never got into the actual movies. I just loved the way the aliens looked. And we had, we and we had the toys. Yeah. We had the video games. And, and I, I mean I've seen Still them, never watched them. Never seen them in order and I've never really uh, taken them in. Um but you know, maybe you just watch the originals and then you should watch the originals and then um go and watch Prometheus. Right. It's uh Prometheus that uh, that's one of those things that just makes you think. Uh, let me go a little bit more over here. Monterey23 says, love your show. Love you, Monterey. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Stostube, great Friday, Matt and Frank. Just dropping some love, support for the show. Have a great weekend, gents. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And all the best to your wife and your family. Faithful Anon says, who, uh, who accused you of being Illuminati? Oh, I, 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 I have to uh, dig the guy's name up. I think it was like Miles, Miles B or something. But it's funny. And I'll, I'll bring it into the show experience again next week. Flange Deep says, One time at band camp, I took less than, uh, I took less than hero's dose of my little friends. Wait, wait. I took less than hero's dose of my little friends, and I saw the Mayan temple and the jungle all were very shades of purple. It was amazing. Put me in the raffle, and I'm selling. Uh, uh, I'm sending a prayer and get well wish to skip. Thank you, thank you. Well, hopefully, I have some some positive things to report on on Monday. Some things were happening today that were 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 pretty uh, hopeful. I mean, at least opened up a new path of hope and, and curiosity. But it's been a really rough couple of days 
for Skip physically. He's in a lot of pain right now. And um I mean he's 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 very tough, but it's you know, he's he's going like delirious from pain right now. So I, I hope that there's some kind of rest and respite for him. Um while doctors plan and plot. And there we go. Happy uh, Captain Castine Ariel. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Great show. Interesting. Where does Matt get all of his wonderful shirts? We did that already. All right. On to Pilled. I have to get through these. And then we're off into the weekend. 417 Patriot. I've been meaning to send you a side-by-side -side of Matt and I. Talk about Doppelganger. Well, you have a Doppelganger out there. And they're watching. PQuest. Thank you. Cave Toad. Congrats on the new forums, Frank. Hi, Matt. Hi. Happy Friday. I'm so, I, can't, I can't tell you how happy I am with the forum. Because it's not Space Age... This is the kind of forum that is, it, in its simplicity, is probably something that you might have seen pop up in the late 90s. But I love that kind of simplicity, and I just love that it's ours. It's just, I don't know, it's just cozy. Uh, WitchyPoo22, thank you. Cave Toad, you're really, really blessing me over here, ladies and gents. Thank you. Um, Cave Toad says, uh, happy Friday, Matt. Patriot Game, let's chat. Uh, well, here we are. Patriot Game, thank you for being here. Let's chat, he says. Pam, die, thank you, or D. I don't want to sell you die if it's not this. I'll, I'll err on not die. Tucker Dixon, everything that would reveal their dirty little secrets. <laughs> Witchy Poo 22, don't forget that Maria Maples, uh, Marla Maples, sorry, Maria. Tucker Dixon. Tucker Dixon. Tucker Dixon. <laughs> Tucker Dixon. Uh, don't forget that Maria, Mar Marla Maples and other journalists said Macron helped with the votes being, being uh, I guess, fudged or something, STO. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't remember that. Cave Toad says, knowing those idiots, they wanted to fake Hunter's DNA on, on uh, Mel's panties and think it was a revelation. I don't know what it is. But it's a fishing expedition, and who knows if it's a farming expedition, too. Praying for Skip, send him my love, says Witchy. Thank you. Tucker, again, warrant was lawful. Uh, warrant was lawful for any rooms other than barons. Other than barons. Imagine if they, like, erase some, like, like really important video game, uh, like, file of his. Oh. I know. Man, they thought Donald Trump would have fucking unleashed hell. Wait until they realize... I mean, this is not even Baron's final form. No. He hasn't taken the form of the worm yet. And he hasn't learned... He hasn't uh, really tapped into his power of flight yet? No. He That's going to be incredible. The day he learns, he, he finally... has to try spice for the first time. Yes. Mer melange. Melange. Spice melange. Uh, Stax says, Mostly peaceful assault sandwich. Switchrod says, urgent, flood IRS with job applications, get hired, do well for a month, and then fuck up everything you can. Oh, that'd be great. But they'll put you in jail, though. Throwing in a cookie for Matt's shark survival wisdom. Astro Emmy says, interesting discussions, believing we are in the simulation could put a person in over into schizophrenia. Yeah, uh, simulation theory is something that we've we've done a few times and and there's some glaring holes in the whole thing especially since if something's going to be generating a simulation it would be generating a simulation from a very distinct point no 
how is it going to simulate reality for me and all the people around me is a simulation there's no autonomy for the people like what exactly is being simulated when when reality is really processed in a quantum mechanical sense by the observer so it's there's a lot of there's a lot of holes there a lot of things that still have not been explained oh i guess well enough to me or maybe they can't be explained well at all i don't know tangerine 26 is awesome conversation cave totes is great guest thank you frank and then witchy poo and tangerine everybody's throwing cookies and phones at me thank you patriot love the show what's up to everyone i live in springfield missouri going to wise wolf tomorrow hey let tony know i said what's up what's up cave toad again keep the forum link at the bottom of the broadcast always yeah i have to switch that out in fact i have to take out the reddit i forgot to do that thank you for that thank you and riga home thank you for the cookie all right ladies and gentlemen that's it i am releasing the scratching and i am sending you over to the loving arms of the crew the night crew at the network so go to quite frankly.tv Sit back, relax, and enjoy Friday evening. It might be a feature. It might be some uh, old radio. It might be a lot of fun shit and memes. It could be a mix of all those things. Who knows? Quite frankly, TV. Hang out. Tip your, uh, tick your, tip your network engineers, and I will see you on Monday. Or perhaps going live with a uh, a stogie tomorrow night or something. That it, it, it's always possible. It becomes more likely in the fall, though, when we can sit around a fire and not have our faces melt off. Yeah, but it's going to be nice this weekend. Yeah, it's finally broken. We should go to the 76 Club tomorrow. 76 Club? What do you mean? 76 House? (laughs) 76 Club. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe when the baby goes to sleep, we can uh, get a babysitter and, and go. Or I told Lauren, maybe we go out for some drinks or... Who the hell knows? It's the weekend. Anything is possible. All right, ladies and gents, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for all of the wonderful support and all of the wonderful company this week. Can't wait to do it all over again. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. Now, the Super Chatter, starting with Captain Cast Iron, Monterey, Stostube, Faithful Anon, Flange Deep, uh, Captain Cast Iron again, Stickman Mike, Buckeye Steve, uh, Play Possum for me, Mrs. Caminiti, Casey Kakalaki, Shake and Bake, Pat Stone, Lease Breaker, Ginja Ninja, CG1, In Root, Fat Boy Vince, Jesse James, American Girl. Oh, so much to do. And uh, remember, you can still be in on the mat raffle all throughout the week with Super Chat. So if you haven't put one in, just drop a dollar and there you go. Talk to you on Monday.
you will find twill avail you and bring its reward when a man. Don't think life plain sailing, there's danger of failing, though bright the future seem to be. But bright honor and labor and truth to your neighbor will bear you safe over life's seas. Then up and be doing, right only pursuing, and take your fair part in the strife. Be honest and true, boys, whatever you do, boys. Let this be your motto through life.